Hello, Mr. Alice Cooper. Hi, Sean. How you doing? I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing great. That's awesome, man. I can't wait, and I'm sure you can't wait. Uh, it is September 17th, Ovation Hall, Ocean Casino Resort. You're going to be kicking off the tour here in Atlantic City, and uh, we're, we're happy to be uh, doing a WMGM show with Alice Cooper. You know, I, we have been off for a year and a half now, <laughs> and we're not used to having three weeks off, let alone a year and a half. So I think uh, every band that I can think of, I just had dinner the other night with Elton John and and uh, John Mayer and everybody, and they're, everybody's going, I can't wait to get on tour again. Everybody I talked to, they are like, I, I didn't know what to do with my hands. I didn't know what to do, just it, sitting around. Exactly, I know. <laughs> I started, I, I started, I learned how to tap dance over that period. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope to see that, that that's incorporated into the show. No, you'll never <laughs> see that in the show. <laughs> well, we, uh, we talked last summer when you were talking about the, uh, the Don't Give Up song, and you called it. You said to me, you said, come 2021, the amount of new music that's going to come out and then the amount of touring that's going to happen is going to be immense and is going to be insane, and you nailed it. Oh, yeah, everybody wants to tour. And, you know, things like um, getting buses, you know, uh, everybody forgot that everybody's going out. So everybody's scrambling for buses now, tour buses and tour trucks. You know, you don't own those. You always lease them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so every, everybody's on the phone trying to, to get all these buses and everything set up for their tours. <laughs> those are the little things you don't you forget about. Yeah, I was I was talking to somebody from uh, uh, this newer band, Black Veil Brides. He's like, he goes, I forgot, I gotta like, you know, I, just to do things on the bus, like with the hooks, just so I can hang my my outfit for this, and I gotta buy these little things that no one thinks about, you know, when you yeah, go on tour. No, you're right. Those things are always automatic. Mm-hmm. You know, you you were just so used to doing it that everything was so automatic. It was like getting up and having coffee in the morning, you know. Uh, everybody had that all set up. Now we're kind of going, oh, wait a minute. I forgot about, oh, wait a minute. I forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know you and I know the artists and the bands that can't wait to get back on, on the road. We can't wait to, uh, to consume the live music that is coming. When we talked last summer, you also let me know that uh, my one cat had a drug problem. The other one had a, uh, had a, uh, a, a drinking problem. We got, we got that together. But you did not tell yeah. me how good... Detroit Stories was going to be. Well, you know, that was uh, really surprising to me that it debuted at number one. Um, I haven't had the – every 48 years I try to get a number one record. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I I told that to Elton the other night. I said, you know, it's pretty normal for you. I said, but I said every 48 years – and at the time, we had the number one album and he had the number one single, and it was Bernie Toppin's birthday. And and so it was really funny that we had uh, that I hadn't seen Elton in maybe eight years, wow. you know. So it was really good to see him. And uh, uh, and that, you know, it's funny though. The, the two veterans are are still out there knocking them out. So that's that was cool with me. I've seen you so many times over the years, all the way back to. 96 was the first time with the Scorpions and the last time was Oh yeah, with, yeah. With yeah. the last time was with Hailstorm a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, they were fun to work with. Lizzie is a good friend of ours and you know, that whole band, we had so much fun with that band because they they're like us. Everybody's everybody in the band are best friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the same with us. So when we would go out, you know, for on a night off, we'd go out and have dinner or a party or the movies or something and it was like 20 people you know, just all inseparable. Whether you tour with someone like the Scorpions, who is your age, or you tell you tour with someone like Hailstorm, which you know maybe not 
almost half your age, but they're younger. Yeah. You, you hold your own. You're, you, nothing slowed you down over these years. No, no, no. they got to keep up with me. <laughs> I don't have to keep up with them. Uh, and it's really true. I mean, our, our stage show now is probably more, more high energy than it was 20 years ago. You know, uh, it, there's more stuff going on up there. There's more action going on. The songs are maybe a little harder because they're, we picked some of the songs that were a little bit more difficult to do, plus, plus the hits. And then you've got all the staging that's going on. So we're doing double duty up there and doing usually twice as many shows as anybody else. Listen, Detroit Stories, I, I wrote some notes here. And I know so, there's, a, there's a handful of covers, a lot of the original stuff. I mean, the first two songs just... It took me like you were going down the road of like punk, and then track three, which is a cover. I felt like you were channeling your inner Beatles. Yeah, well, that song, all those songs pertain to Detroit. Um, you know, the first song, uh, "Rock and Roll," we changed it to New York City to Detroit City, and and I knew Lou Reed well enough to know he we wouldn't mind that one bit. Uh, all we did was we took that Velvet Underground song and brought it to Detroit and put a V8 engine in it. You know, uh, you know. Uh, Joe Bonamassa and Steve Hunter and all those guys on guitar, and and the second song was a basically just a sort of uh, punk story about a, a, a guy and his girlfriend outrunning the police you know, with a train coming. <laughs> and then the third song is a band from Detroit uh, that we heard the song and couldn't get it out of our heads. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked the guy, I said, listen. I just needed some surgery on these lyrics, I said, uh, in order to make it an Alice Cooper song. But the the thing about that song that's great is the fact that it's so happy, and the lyrics are just the opposite. The, the lyrics are very subversive, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, the two things working with each other, you know, it's, it's kind of really interesting to, to to hear the lyrics saying one thing and the music saying something else. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to it. And I'm like the backing vocals come in with all all these women, and uh, it just it caught me off guard compared to the first two songs on the record. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's <laughs> and it does have a. It's, it kind of reminds me of uh, it's getting better all the time. You know that that uh, from Sgt. Pepper. Yeah, but uh, yeah, again, again, I wanted to touch a lot of bases on that album. Uh, we even did a thousand dollar high heel shoes. Uh, is a definite Motown song. It was a rock song. But since we were in Detroit, we said, well, let's get the Detroit horns in there and let's get the girls singing and let's make it into a Motown song. Yeah, And, and you, so, you know, we went in all different directions on the album. Yeah, I, and I put a note here for that exact track I, with the horns and everything. It took me back to Welcome to the Nightmare. Yes. I, yeah, that's exactly it. Uh, and, you know, I never did use a lot of horns unless they were really Bob Ezrin, you know, is, is my producer and he's. He's the guy, you know. He's he's my George Martin. Mm-hmm. So we only use horns when they really deserve to be on that track. I, I am much more of a guitar heavy, you know, uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So, but the, but the horns were perfect on that. Just to make that song Motown, we needed those. We needed those horns yeah. in there. And there's a lot of classic Alice. Uh, you just hear the classic Alice sound and everything. And then track eleven, which is a wonderful world. I felt like it was it was on. It could have been on, or maybe it was like a leftover track from the Last Temptation. No, yeah, you're right though. It does just, feel like that. Yeah, you know, it, that album was very uh, very textured. Uh, the the Last Temptation album was, and uh, Tommy, uh, my guitar player, brought that song in. And it was just such a 
interesting, interesting song. Uh, and I love the idea that it was like a sort of a mob boss, a Detroit mob boss, uh, kind of like uh, directing his his uh, gang, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and his ego is so so big. It, it could be a wonderful world if everyone was just like me. <laughs> That's such a great punchline, you know. <laughs> people, most people think that uh, the world would be great if everybody just thought like me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to say me. There, there, there should only be one of me, and there should only be one of Alice Cooper. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm glad. Probably the world is probably glad of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean this this record is tremendous. Like I I I listened to songs here and there when it came out back in February, but I really dove into it when I knew I was going to talk to you. And I'm like, I had a friend that told me. I remember him posting on social media this might be my favorite Alice Cooper record. Uh, it just takes you on a journey. You're all over the place, but it's, it works. It absolutely works. Yeah, and you know, I mean, when you, when you surround yourself with the best players in Detroit, uh, Johnny B from Mitch Ryder on drums, who is like the premier Detroit drummer, and, you know, uh, Wayne Kramer on guitar from MC5, and Mark Farner on guitar, you know, from Grand Funk, and I, we, I, all the other players on the album were all Detroit guys. Mm-hmm. And so when we got in the studio, we weren't going to layer it the way we did. You know, the last temptation was very layered. Uh, you started with drums and bass and that, and you, lay, and you built the song up. With this album, I said, just teach this band the songs and let them play it live. So every one of those tracks were live tracks in nice. the studio. I was uh, looking up some of the info on the record. I couldn't believe how many musicians you have playing on this record. It was in- insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and, and they all had to be Detroit. The only guy that wasn't from Detroit was Joe Bonamassa. Now i got to ask you, because I'm looking, 21 solo records, 28 records overall. you got a new record. I know you want to play some of these songs live. How are you going to come up with a set list? You know what? We go into rehearsal there in um, Atlantic City. The show is already set. It's, it's, it's already a, the show that we love. It's, it's, but now... You know, nobody was expecting this pandemic to be a year and a half or mm-hmm. anything like that. And so now I've got these songs, and you're right. I have to pick which ones are going to end up in the show and which ones I'm going to have to. I either have to make the show a little longer or I'm going to have to substitute a song, you know, in the beginning, uh, one or two songs in the beginning. Um, and so now, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. When I get this, <laughs> when I get the songs into the uh, rehearsal, we're going to see which one really really just rocks, you know. By, by the way, we're all rooting for a longer show, just to let you know. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's not show. a bad idea. But the good thing is a lot of these songs are like two, two and a half minutes. They just come in, they punch you in the face, and then you're out. Yes, <laughs> which I kind of like that myself. I've always liked the idea of don't, don't you know, sometimes prog rock gets, you get to a point of going, okay, enough, I've heard enough of this song, you know. It's easy to take a song, a short song, even a song like Go Man Go. You could make that into an eight-minute song. But it, the punchline's already there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's it, Get In, Get Out, or, or Independence Dave, same thing. You know, uh, the song is already there, and there's no reason to make it any longer than that. You know, uh, some songs, well, like Rock and Roll, the very first song, I think that's more like five minutes or something like that. Yeah, I saw that. That's the longest track, and then everything else is like two minutes and three minutes long. Yeah, well, we did that one MC5 track, uh, um, 
Sister Anne. Mm-hmm. And we let that one just be a jam song. We just let everybody just play on that one. Uh, but that's, again, that's another great stage song uh, because it just really lets loose. I, you know, talking to you about this record and listening to the record, I can just tell you had so much fun making this. You know, being in Detroit, that was uh, that was another thing we were talking about the other night uh, with, with Bernie and Elton was we all sat there and said, Remember the East Town Theater and the Grandy Theater back in those days? They were the greatest rock venues. All of us agreed on that. Mm-hmm. Those, were, those were nights where I, it would be Alice Cooper, Iggy and the Stooges, the MC5, and the Who. Wow. <laughs> you know, the place held 1,200 people. Uh, and uh, I mean, it, it, the, every weekend was like that. You know, it, it, so everybody, uh, the, the Who would be in, the ta- in town the same night as Elton would be in town. You know, and Steppenwolf was across the street playing, and every single venue was packed. So, I mean, that just shows you Detroit is a rock and roll town. They want to hear rock and roll. I know you said you're, you're going to be doing some rehearsals here in Atlantic City. Does Alice uh, try to find a golf course in AC to, to play? I already know all the golf courses in Atlantic <laughs> City. <laughs> and, yes, there's no such thing as not starting the day with at least nine holes. Oh, uh, look at you. <laughs> I shot, I played this morning. I shot 75 this morning. Oh, I, shoot, I play every morning. How about Lefty this weekend? How about Phil? Was that great? You know, I used to play with Phil when he was at Arizona State, when he was skinny. And, uh, <laughs> and we had skins games that we played all the time. And uh, nobody really realized that he was, uh, well, at that time, nobody realized he was going to be playing golf till he was 50 and winning tournaments. And we had no idea that we would still be on tour, you know, <laughs> doing now I'm in two bands. I'm in the vampires and, you know, yeah. and my band. So that, that was the last thing I expected to be at 73 to be in two bit touring bands. Well, you, you mentioned the vampires. I have that written down here. Uh, what obviously not being able to tour, there's not much going on, but what, what's going on with the vampires? Everybody's writing. So mm-hmm. when we get together again, uh, it will be more or less. We're going to be going, probably doing the third album. And I know Johnny's writing, and Joe's writing, and I'm writing. So when we get together, we'll have a gigantic amount of material to go through and just decide what, you know, what direction we want the album to go on. The great thing about the Vampires also is that it's a hard rock band. It's a real hard rock band, you know, and same as same as mine. Mm-hmm. So it just goes in different. It, you know, when you have different players, you always have a different sound. And Johnny is as good a guitar player as anybody out there. He's, in fact, he's doing an album now, I think, with Jeff Beck. He's, he's not just an actor trying to be a guitar player. He's a guitar player. If you're working with Jeff Beck, I mean, you, you better know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know I, I saw the Vampires here in Atlantic City uh, several years ago. It was a tremendous show. But I know Joe, uh, he had some health issues. How's Joe doing? Is he healthy? He's good? Joe is, yeah, Joe is in great shape. He, he stayed down in Florida, and I think he avoided covid and I think Johnny avoided it, and I was the only one that got it. Ugh. But I was, but I was, I was light up for about a month. Then after that, I got my two shots. I'm fine now. I'm, I'm in perfect shape now. Yeah. Well, you've 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 kept yourself in shape just in general. Uh, I know a lot of people always say, "Man, how's how's he's getting up there? He's playing golf. He's on stage. He's running around. He's got the guillotine. He's everything. And he's seventy some years old. But you, uh, like I said, you don't slow down. Everybody's got to keep up with you." Well, you know, if I woke up right now and somebody said, how old are you? I'd go, uh, 40, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. 
We, by the way, we've been doing on-air concerts Friday and Saturday nights here on the station, just because people couldn't have been able to go to, uh, to to live shows. And this past Saturday, we played the Hollywood Vampires from uh, Rio. Oh, great, great! We that played. was, you know, that was such a fun show to do. Here, here's the backstory on that one. Okay, okay. is that we put the Vampires together to be a bar band. It was just going to be a, a side thing that was everybody was having fun. We were going to go up, play bars, and just uh, sort of uh, do all of our dead drunk friends, all the guys we used to drink with, you know, that are now gone, you know. And so we learned all those songs. <clears throat> and then we played the Roxy in L.A. Everybody showed up. <clears throat> a week later, we were at Rock and Rio, 250,000 people. Wow. That's that's tremendous. I see those those that festival down there and all the bands that play there. The amount of people, I, just seeing it on the screen is insane. What does that look like from the stage? You can't see the end of the audience. Wow. It's there. I mean, first of all, Rio is a twelve million people. Rio de Janeiro is mm-hmm. it's as big as New York City. Um, and when you play, then if you play uh, Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo is thirty eight million people. Uh, so. When, when you're playing shows down there, we played the very first rock show in Sao Paulo, and it was in the Guinness Book of Records, indoors. This this place was maybe six times bigger than Madison Square Garden. Wow. And indoors, we had 158,000 people. That's insane. <laughs> That's an indoor show. <laughs> I've been to I've been to festivals that have like fifty thousand people. And I'm like, oh my god, there's so many people there. I can't imagine being somewhere with a hundred thousand people for a rock concert. That's well, here, you know, we're we're kind of used to that. The, yeah. the funny thing about the vampires was when we got to Rock and Rio, everybody in that band has been in front of at least a hundred thousand people. I mean, Joe Perry with Aerosmith, yeah, and Duff McKagan with Guns N' Roses, uh, myself. Uh, Johnny was the only one that that hadn't been in front of that many people, but it didn't bother him one bit. You know, everybody everybody in the band was from other bands that had that that were used to headlining. Uh, tremendous, man! Tremendous. September seventeenth, Ovation Hall, Ocean Casino Resort. I think the last time you were here in AC, that's where you played. You played in that venue, so you uh, you already know uh, what you're getting yourself into. Well, uh, you know, we cannot wait. I mean, I, I I'm telling you, it's almost like we're giddy about <laughs> rehearsing. Because just the idea of getting the band together after a year and a half and setting up and playing is so exciting for us after being home for this long. I can imagine. I, all the artists are like, we didn't know what to do. He's like, the one guy I talked to, he's like, he's like, I got to see my kid grow up for a year. He goes, I missed the first yeah. four years. <laughs> well, I did the same thing. I, my daughter uh, had a, a little girl. Uh-huh. So they're, they're actually living with us. So I've, 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 I've seen my, my granddaughter. She's like almost a year old now. <laughs> She's wow. almost walking, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to know what to do when when Alice, you know, Grandpa Alice isn't around because he's That's out touring. That's right, you know, because <laughs> she's going to have to learn real quick that at some point she's going to be in the show. Yes, yes. You, you do incorporate <laughs> the family. I do know that. Yes. Again, all my kids, all my, you know, you were talking about our love will change the world, right? Mm-hmm. All those vocals, all those vocals were Cheryl, my wife. Mm-hmm. Calico, my my oldest daughter. Wow. Uh, they did all those vocals. Wow, that's nice. I saw them listed with the the, the art. I, I assume that they must be a part of that song. That they must oh yeah, have yeah, yeah. Everybody, everybody in my family has been in the show at one point. That's and uh, Dash has got his own band called Co-op. They're unbelievable. Calico is the lead singer with Bisto Blanco, okay. and you know, 
And my other daughter is a makeup artist, so everybody's in showbiz. <laughs> makeup artist. Where did she get that from? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea, but she's got this master's degree in, in makeup now, you know, from this uh, university, and she she can do anything. Well, Alice Cooper, September 17th, Atlantic City Ocean Casino Resort. Bum, though, that the first date of the tour, we don't get Ace Freely, but I'm sure you're excited to uh, tour with him, too. Oh, yeah, Ace is an old friend of ours, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, all the guys in Kiss were old buddies of ours. We basically told them where to buy their makeup. We were not surprised by Kiss. Uh, and, you know, we've become, we've become really good friends. Uh, they do an entirely different kind of show that we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, live, live and let live. We've, we've always gotten along with, with everybody. I, I get along with Bowie, and I got along with all those guys. Nice, nice. Uh, Detroit Stories available now. Alice, I'm not going to lie, listening to it over the last week, just sitting here because they got that button on Amazon. I ordered the vinyl while we were talking. Oh, <laughs> great! You're a collector then. I love my vinyl, man. I, the other night I was I was I was spinning trash, and then the next night I was playing billion dollar babies. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a vinyl junkie. That's great. You know, uh, Bernie Bernie Toppin mm-hmm. has got the biggest collection I've ever seen. Wow. He's nice. a, he has so many so much vinyl that yeah, I, I could fill two rooms. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Well, Alice, I, I'm sure you're busy. I, I always enjoy talking with you. I can't wait for September 17th. I, as much as I, there's a lot of shows coming around in the summer, we're getting back here at the Jersey Shore. I'm psyched for September 17th. And that week leading into it, if you think you see Alice Cooper on the golf course in Lake City, you, you probably do. Yes, you probably will <laughs> But with my guitar player and my bass player. Alice, you take care. <laughs> continued success. And we'll see you in September here in Atlantic City. Sean, I'll see you soon. All right. Take care. Be good. Bye-bye.